Emily Bell Freeman is a well-known author, teacher, and now YouTuber and podcaster whose YouTube channel Don't Miss This with Dave Butler has exploded over the past two years. But one of her greatest passions in life is working with and building communities of Christian women of different denominations who can learn from each other's differing perspectives and grow in their faith in Christ. Today, Emily shares with me how her love for creating these Bible study groups began, what her tips are for women who want to study with other women of differing Christian faiths, and why it matters so much that we build on common ground. So today I have a guest who I feel like I know like a good friend, and I've never met her in person, but it is warming my heart to hear her voice, and her name is Emily Bell Freeman. Say hi, Emily. Hi, everyone. And Emily, tell us who you are and what you're all about, because you have many things that are going on in your life and that people know you for. (laughs) That is so true. Okay, first and foremost, I am a wife and a mother and a grandmother. So that is where my heart is. A grandmother? I didn't know that. I know. Is that crazy and fun? You look like you graduated like three years before I, I did know. or something. <laughs> I know. That is so true. Whenever I tell people that, they're like, how old are you? I actually just turned 50 this year. So that was exciting. Congratulations. That's yep. Exciting. So fun. And I always wanted to be 50 because I don't know if you've ever read about the Red Hat Club and the ladies who wear purple, but I've always wanted to be one and you have to be 50 before you can. So oh, I didn't that know was that. the highlight of this year. That's awesome. Um, I am married to Greg. And then we've got five kids and our kids are all, um, my youngest is a missionary right now in Sacramento. And then everybody's older and doing their things. I've got one in medical school. We've got a boy who plays for the Broncos. So we do a lot of traveling for Broncos football games. And then um, the other two live close by home, which is so nice. I love gathering with my family anytime. Like give me any reason to gather. That's what I love to do first. So And then we've got three grandkids and one on the way. So that's so fun. That's awesome. That and I didn't know that that you had a son that played football and that's gotta keep you busy. Yeah. So it's it is a little crazy. On top of so then tell us what you're doing business wise, because you have a lot going on there too. Yep. So um I love to talk about Jesus Christ. So that's the number one thing you have to know about me. That my when I'm not revolving my life around my family. My life revolves around Jesus. And I really love to study scripture. That's just true about me. And so um, I have three separate businesses that that is what they focus on. So one focuses on personal study. That's Inklings. It's a group that gets together on Thursdays all over the entire world. Um, We study different topics and we do it on my Instagram and it is so much fun. And then on My family study, we study with the church I belong to, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we do a Come Follow Me study this year. Our curriculum is out of the Book of Mormon, which is one of our scriptures in our religion. Mm -hmm. And I do a YouTube video series on that study called Don't Miss This with a really good friend of mine named David Butler. And that's been really, really fun. 
just to be able to get in and talk about scripture. And there's so many people who are a part of that community. That's probably how you know me. And most people yes. see me after they've watched those videos, they're like, I just feel like you live next door. Yes. And well, I knew of you before that, but that is where I found like a friendship with you that that is imaginary in my mind. Yes. <laughs> but I feel <laughs> like you're my so friend awesome. because we talk about Come Follow Me every week. And I actually love it that it's a podcast now because that's kind of my jam is listening yeah. to podcasts. So I really yeah. enjoy listening to you and Dave talk about Come Follow Me each week on my podcast player while I'm getting ready or doing dishes or making dinner or whatever. Yeah, we so. have so much fun on there. Sometimes we might have too much fun, but no, it's, it's just awesome. fun when scriptures can come alive and be fun and you can see the application in your everyday. And that's what we like to talk about. Totally. Then my last passion is actually studying scripture with women. I am so passionate about that. We're really good at personal study and family scripture study. And one of the things that I love to tell people about is there is just an amazing friendship that comes when we study scripture together with women. And so I have an entire organization that is just devoted to studying scripture together with women. It's called Multiply Goodness. And it's for women, anyone who believes in the Bible. So women of any faith who would study the Bible, this is that community. And so Christians and Latter-day Saint women, and we just gather all over, again, all over the world. Um, we've got people everywhere that join with us in these studies and those conversations, and it's just, it's, it's good. So I'm passionate about all three of those things, just women learning how to study, personal study, family study, study with friends in small groups, and helping us come to know who we are and who Jesus Christ is, and to just be more confident in scripture. And I just firmly believe it will bless our lives when we do that. I love that so much. And I want to ask you, where did you get this passion for building bridges between women of faith? Like what, what sparked that? Why is that important to you? So I had the opportunity about seven years ago with my publisher. I also write books. We didn't even talk about that, but as because an aside, you, I write all your books. Free time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, My publisher asked, because I love talking about the Bible, if I wanted to write a book for the national Christian market. And as they were talking about that, they said, you need to go spend some time with the Christians and learn their vocabulary and figure out how they worship. And so I signed up for a Bible study that I started going to in a Christian church by my house. And that was my first experience with studying the Bible with women in small groups. And it was life-changing for me. It was one of the most remarkable experiences I've ever had. And the longer I was in it, the more I thought to myself, I want to do this. I want to provide this kind of situation for like my sisters and my neighbors and people that I know because it just ended up being a remarkable experience. Just to set the stage, so you're in like Utah County or Salt Lake County. Yeah, Utah um, County. Okay, so you're in Utah County, which is predominantly members of the Church of Jesus Christ, and you're yeah. going to a different church. 
so that you can understand the language of other Christian women. Yep, that is exactly what happened. So I was the only Latter-day Saint in my little group of about 12 women. But within that church, their women's ministry has about 150 women who show up every Wednesday. And I just called the church and said, I am a Mormon. That's what I told him because it was that Mm -hmm. many years ago. And I want to sign up for a Bible study. And do you let Mormons come to Bible study? And the lady was like, I think we do. I don't know why we wouldn't. So that was my first experience. And it just was amazing. So what was it about that friendship and that bonding that felt different to you? Because as members of our church, we, from when you're 18 on, you have a built-in community of other women that you're studying gospel with every single week. So what was different about this? So what makes it different? And that is such a good question. What made it different is... Rather than being with a group of 65 women and sharing a gospel-centered topic on Sundays, Mm -hmm. we were meeting together for an hour and a half on a Wednesday morning in a tiny group of women. So imagine the people you go to lunch with, or like if you have young kids, the people you go to a park with. And instead of talking about what we were going to make for dinner or where we were shopping or what TV shows we'd been watching recently, we're talking about... God every week in an intimate conversation. And we're talking about scripture and we're talking about these deep and meaningful things that are happening in our life. And most of our friendships are not built with that level of depth. Right. Um, we, we talk about the frivolous things. We talk about the everyday things. It's rare that we sit down as women and talk about Jesus in our relationships and in our families and in our work and how the scriptures are molding our life. And it just ended up being so interesting because those women knew my heart, you know, Mm -hmm. they knew everything about me. And I'll never forget when my kids got married, um, that within that next couple of years, those women showed up at the beginning of the receptions And they stayed until the reception came down. That is what kind of friends they were. All my neighborhood friends, all my church community friends came Mm -hmm. for 10 minutes, grabbed a dessert (laughs) where they were super happy and they left because that's what we do. That's the culture of our church. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But these Christian women came at the very beginning. They met my family. They knew my mom and dad before they left. They had talked to each of my kids. They just were like in it. And it just was a different thing than I'd ever experienced before. Oh, that's so cool. What are some of the lessons that they taught you as far as like how to look at scripture differently or how their faith works or what, you know, what were some of the valuable lessons that you felt like you learned in those early years of studying with other Christian women? So some of the things that were so interesting are, first of all, I was so used to thinking they were going to be so different than I was. that that we needed to look for the differences and point out the differences. And when I went into that Bible study, I had prayed before going and had received a clear witness that my job was to look for the similarities there and to start seeing what was the same. And so a lot when words would come up that I'd be like, I don't know what that word is. And they would start explaining it. I would think to myself, oh, we actually have that same thing. We just call it something different. Like what we call the sacrament 
they call communion. And okay. what their sacraments are, are more like our covenants. And so we have similar worship patterns, but our words aren't necessarily all the same. And it was interesting to be able to start looking and, and realizing where are our touching points? Where are the places where we meet and we can learn? But it also made me have to start getting into my own religious beliefs and thinking, why do I believe this this mm-hmm. way? And um, it actually, those conversations really strengthened my own belief system. So you feel like they were facilitating just like a deeper way of thinking about things that you had been taught your whole life. Yes. That's really cool. Yep. I love that. Yeah, I experienced something similar. We had just um, a retreat this week with the girls that work with us. And one of the girls is uh, Pentecostal. And she was explaining to me pruning. She said, oh, yeah, do you guys do pruning? And I was like, what is I don't know what that is. <laughs> and she said, oh, you know, in the Bible, when you are pruned and she started explaining it, I was like, oh, we totally believe in that. We just don't have that's just not like a term that we walk around saying, like right now I'm in a season of pruning. Um, But to her, that's so familiar. And I think just like you said, the sacrament communion, there are things that are, that are so alike. We just nickname them something different, but we believe so many of the same things. Um, That's really cool. And so valuable to gain that understanding where you can find common ground with other women of faith and learn something from them. There's so much we can learn from, you know, the, the belief and faith that other people have. So I love that you did that. So where did where did that lead you? What did you do after that? So at that same time, I actually met a friend who became a very best friend of mine named Nish Wyzeth. Mm-hmm. And um, she is the same in her um, religion community as I am in mine. So she's a writer and a speaker and she does a lot of preaching. And um, we just had a lot in common. And we started having daily conversations where she would be like, well, what does this look like in your belief system? And what does this look like? And we had some really awesome conversations. We still do. Like I love, she'll discover things about our church every so often that she'll text me in all caps and be like, what? Um, (laughs) Like I remember one time she texted and she was like, wait a minute, you believe in a heavenly mother? And I was like, oh, yes. We do. And it was such an interesting moment to talk to her about that and the plan of salvation from our perspective and what that looks like. And um, there's just every so often there will be this moment where one or the other of us will be like, wait a minute, what what is this? What does this look like in your religion? And Mm -hmm. teach me more about this. And both of us over the years have found that our worship has become different and deeper. The way we study scriptures has become deeper that we've just, over time, that relationship of discovery has strengthened our own faith individually, which has been a really great experience. That's awesome. And I know Nish and I have learned a lot from her too in settings where we've been, you know, in the same room and just talked about belief and talked about faith. So, so you have this friendship with her, then what did you guys decide right then and there to do something or how did what you did next evolve? So, um, people started saying to us after it had been a couple years, we don't understand how you can have this friendship and have these conversations in such great detail and neither of you get offended. 
Like, how is that working that Mm -hmm. you can do that? And people started wanting us to explain how it worked. And a lot of people would say, I have a Christian friend or I have a Christian neighbor, but we never talk about church stuff together. We just know better than to enter into those kinds of conversations. And people wanted to know how. And so we started doing a lot of talking about this is what works for us. This is the tips that are making this work and and how our friendship is growing. And then people started wanting to be a part of a community that was like that. Mm-hmm. And so we created Multiply Goodness, which was meant to just help other women learn how to not only read scripture together, but also enter into interfaith communication conversations and experiences that would be safe experiences for everybody. But they could come together and just start learning from their Christian neighbors and friends and people they worked with. So that is where it started. How cool. So did that look like an online gathering or in-person gathering? Or what did you guys, how did you structure that? In the beginning, we met in little tiny buildings and Mm -hmm. like 10 or 15 people would show up and we would do it once a month. And we would pick a scripture set of verses we were going to read and we would just talk and we both would announce it on our Instagrams and people would come from all over the valley and it just was tiny. It started so tiny. And then we actually, it got to the point where we were like, after several years, well, I mean, we're doing some good, but maybe we're done doing this good. And we were actually, were about to close the doors on it. And then our cute friend, Rana Fair, who you know, I love Rana. Yes. I love her so much. We ended up at lunch together and we kind of telling her we thought we were done with that stage of our life. And she was like, what? No, you, you can't be done. There is too much good to be done with what you're doing. And um, she kind of looked at it from a, an upper level view. And she was like, this is what you need to do. This is what will help women. And isn't it interesting sometimes when you're in the middle of a project and you get to the point where you think, well, I've done it. And it just takes one person to come in and be like, oh, no, 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 you're not done There's yet. More. Yeah. Yep. There is more to do. And she just championed the cause. And so we decided to start doing Bible studies and to kind of go at it on a bigger level. And now we've got about 7,000 women across the United States who participate with us in Bible studies and We've got an event that we do every year and everywhere I go across the United States, women will stop me and just talk about their experience, how grateful they are that they finally have resources that are allowing them to connect with their friends who are Christian or some people, even family members who are Christian, Mm, sister-in-laws and people that they've never been able to, to carry on a conversation, but have finally found a way to do it. Yeah. And like when I'm listening to you tell me that people come to you and say, this is so hard or we we don't even dare talk about this. I feel like, and you can tell me what your feelings are on this, but I feel like when I read Clayton Christensen's book, The Power of Everyday Missionaries, Mm -hmm. he like debunked that whole thing to me of religion as a taboo subject. You can't talk about it with your neighbors. You can't talk about it at work. And I believe what he wrote in there is truth that like that's one of Satan's greatest tools is to make mm-hmm. us feel like, you know, you're going to offend someone or that has no place in in these places. You know, don't talk about it at school. Don't talk about it with your neighbors. So what are your feelings there? Like, why does it feel so hard for some people? 
I think really it depends on why you are entering in. And so one thing that really was a shift for me was to think, what is my agenda with Mm. this conversation? Okay. And if our agenda is to baptize someone, that (laughs) is a harder way to enter in to a situation. If our agenda is love and we are fully motivated by love only, Mm -hmm. then when we ask someone, tell me more about your faith because I want to love you better and I can do that if I understand how you worship and how you live, all of a sudden that is a whole different conversation. And for us, we talk about love should be your only motive entering in. And second, you should look for similarities. Whatever you can find that is similar, that is where you should stay. So like when we gather women together, we always say, even though we all have a lot of religious beliefs that are firmly planted in us and part of what we do and talk about every day, when we get together at Multiply Goodness, we talk about only the Old Testament and the New Testament Mm -hmm. because that's what we have in common. That's what's similar for us and Jesus, right? And praying and family. And there are so many things we can talk about that leave that conversation safe and not intimidating and allow someone to really open up and share, this is my faith belief. This is is what moves me every single day. And those are really, really good conversations. Next question for you is, why is it important? Because it would be just as easy in some ways to create a Bible study group with women that you already go to church with, where you already have the same fundamental beliefs and understandings of gospel and scripture and all of that. Why is this so important to, to build bridges with women of different faiths? That is such a good question. And I will tell you this. The easiest thing is to gather women from your own community. It just Mm -hmm. is. It is easy to gather women from your own church and to know how they're going to talk and how they're going to respond. And that is for sure the easy thing to do. And so you really do have to enter into this realizing this is going to stretch you. That is true. And I'm going to tell you two different reasons why I think it's important. Okay. The first one is an experience I had just after I had joined my Bible study. And one of the Christian women invited us all to her house for um, just the end of the study, like get together. And as we drove out there, I was thinking about the woman whose house we were going to. She had two kids and one of her kids had just been diagnosed with a seizure disorder that was really scary at the time. They kept having to go to the emergency room. And she had a two-year-old boy at the same time also. And she had said at our last Bible study, what we were praying for is there was no one to watch her two-year-old when they would go up to primary children's for this other daughter's appointment. And so they were thinking they were going to have to fly her mother-in-law in to come and stay for the month so they could get to all those appointments. And as I drove up to her house in Harriman and I drove down that neighborhood, I thought to myself, this neighborhood surely has 
65 or 80 young women age girls. You could just mm-hmm. see all the girls out in that neighborhood. And I thought to myself, how is this woman living in a place that has so many available people and she does not know one? There is something wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so that's my first is there are people in our neighborhoods, in our communities that that probably could be blessed by an association with us. And when we shut ourselves off to just wanting to be involved with the people we go to church with, it's so lonely for those other people. And, and they're God's children too. And they have needs just like we do. And they live right in our community. And somehow we've got to open our eyes to that. But I also think from a selfish point of view, entering into those conversations with other women who love to worship and read scripture and share faith actually makes us have to go to a deeper place and really start to study out what we believe and increases the depth of our understanding of our own doctrine. And I think that is really healthy for us. Yeah, I love that insight. And I'm just, I'm still just thinking about the woman who felt like she didn't have anyone to call. Um, Because I think that there are probably a lot of people who feel that way in a lot of communities, you know, inside Mm -hmm. and outside of Utah. I mean, we're, I know that you're speaking from, you know, being in Utah, but I feel like you could find that anywhere. And, and yet if there are people who are attending church, reading the Bible, feeling like they're Christian women, that part of being a Christian is being that good Samaritan and being a doer, you know, and a helper. So those are great reasons um, that I hadn't really thought about. I guess when I think about this, I oftentimes think of my friend Lizzie Jensen, who taught me a lot about the religious freedom aspect and why that's so important in Mm -hmm. our country and in our climate and how if we don't fight for that, that we will lose it. And do you have any feelings about that as far as kind of that cause of Christians, like, or even just not even necessarily Christians, but just people of faith fighting together for the religious freedom that we enjoy, that we currently at least enjoy here, that isn't something that we should necessarily be taking for granted. Yep. And I've had a lot of options to actually participate with my Christian friends in discussions on religious freedom and how important that is for all of us. And one of the things that I have loved is from being together with these women is you don't realize how much religious freedom we have. Um, We take it so much for granted Mm -hmm. when you just live within your own religious community. It's as you start looking out at the strength of others and the importance of others' religion that we start realizing how lucky we are to live in a nation that allows for people to have that religious freedom. And I love when you look, whether it is a Christian or a Jewish woman or Muslim, there is beauty in every faith. My friend Michael Wilcox talks about having holy envy for other religions and what they do well and what we could learn from them. Mm -hmm. And it is amazing that we live in a country where we actually can learn how other people worship and we can look at their rituals and their traditions and the thing that defines their beliefs and they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, 
in our home, we celebrate Hanukkah. I have a mezuzah on my front door. We do Advent in the way the Christians do Advent every year. I just think there's something so beautiful about having the freedom to worship however we want to. And for me, that's not just giving the right to other people, but it's also saying to my own family, what can we learn from them that Mm -hmm. would make us better? Yeah. Because we have the freedom to do that. Yeah. I love that. And what do you feel like it's taught your kids? Do you have like any experiences that you can draw upon where you feel like there've been, because you're in the season that I look at and, and feel like I almost wish that I could jump ahead to that like now I'm in the adult children phase. I talk to my mom about this all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, what What do you feel like you've learned? And what, you know, do you have any, like I said, experiences or lessons that you can draw from where that seemed to make a difference with any of your kids teaching that to them? So one of the things that makes me the most happy is my kids, because they've watched what has happened over the past, you know, several years, that they have all reached out to people either within their workspace, mostly within their workspace, but also in their communities to ask other people about their religious traditions and beliefs and what they do. And my kids will text me all the time and say, I have someone at my work who goes to a Bible study. And have you heard of this book? Or have you heard of this? That all of a sudden they are empowered to say, let me enter into that part of your life Mm-hmm. because it's comfortable to me as well, right? Bible studies don't scare me. Celebrating Hanukkah doesn't scare me. Looking at another version of the Bible or another translation of the Bible doesn't scare me um, because it has become familiar to us. And then it allows us to really be able to genuinely enter in to somebody else's faith. Um, yeah. And it's just, it's beautiful when you do that. Yeah, that's so cool. And I feel like really, if the Savior was here, he would be championing, championing? Is that the right yes, word? Yes, I um, love that word. The, <laughs> Such a good cause word. of just, you know, bringing people to understanding each other more and seeking to understand more. So, yeah, I think that there's a lot that I hope to teach my children about not fearing people who are different, but just, I mean, I we try to talk to our kids about that all the time about, um, you know, Oh, do you know what your friend, you know, so-and-so, like, what does she believe? Does she go to church? Does, you know, and just asking Mm -hmm. those questions so that they'll maybe feel comfortable asking their peers those questions or just talking about it like it's a normal thing and not. um, So I have a follow-up question with that as far as, you know, teaching your children, this is what we believe in. And I think too, what you were just saying a minute ago about not being afraid of understanding other faiths, where do you also square with knowing that you're still keeping your faith in the gospel that you believe in? I mean, I I don't want to say the gospel. I don't want to say it the wrong way, but like Mm -hmm. keeping your faith intact too, because I think that that for some people is a little bit of a stepping stone. Like they, or I'm not even like finding the right words, but they're, they're afraid, right? Like you are afraid that if you go into uncharted waters too much, that you'll lose your anchor, that you'll lose like your strong faith in what you know is right. And I feel like sometimes culture, not doctrine, but culture of our churches, like we know what's right. Stay in the, like you stay in your Mm -hmm. lane, you know, I don't know. Am I getting somewhere with this? I think it's important that um, the people who have mentored me into this situation have given really good advice. 
One is you really do have to be confident in your own faith system, whatever it is. That's important. I love when Michael Wilcox teaches. It's like those math compasses that we used. You remember those clear back when we were in elementary school and you would put the point down in the paper and then you could draw a circle around it and you could move that pen out as far as you wanted. And the circle was right as long as the point stayed firmly planted. Yeah. And he talks about, you have to be the point. You have to be firmly planted. But then that circle, the arm that circles can get as wide as it wants. And it can bring in so much other knowledge as long as you stay firmly planted. So I love the thought of that as you are entering in, just to think, what do I believe? The other thing that I think is really important is finding communities that honor your religion for what it is and are creating a safe environment. So that is one of the things that we are really passionate about at Multiply Goodness. Everything we write has three Christian writers and three Latter-day Saint writers looking at it, no matter what, because we want to create a safe environment. We want to make sure that if you are going to enter into these conversations, everyone's going to leave with their own faith, strengthened, whatever it is. And so I think partly it's just educating yourself. If you're going to enter into a conversation or a situation, make sure it's a, a community that is safe, that is going to respect you for what you're bringing, and they're going to honor that. And they're going to want you to feel confident in that when you leave from that place. Okay. That's awesome advice. Do you have any stories of like unexpected friendships? I mean, I know you mentioned Nish, but um, anything else where you feel like you learned from other women of faith by making this effort and going like a little bit outside the box? So we have so many sweet stories that have happened. Like, oh, we love when these stories come in, but I'm going to tell you a really simple one that is so fun. Okay. Um, We do several live events during the year. Mm -hmm. We will invite women to come and we do worship music together and we study scripture together. And usually someone will speak at those events. And one of the things that is common for those events is we have a prayer basket. And how the prayer basket works is you put in your prayer request, what you need someone to pray for you. And then before you leave that night, you take one of those out also. So by the time oh, we all I love leave, that, everybody's praying for everybody. Well, um, in August, we do a huge event, like a thousand women come to it. And so we can't just do a basket because there's too many women there. So we put up a big board and women would write their prayer requests on the board. And then you would go and and pick one off. Well, it turned out two women had written on their prayer request. They both had lost their wedding rings years before this oh, had wow. ever even taken place. So years before, and they've been praying. And um, so they, one lady wrote up and she was a Christian and the other lady wrote up and she was an LDS woman. And they both happened to be there when they realized they both had done that. And so they both took each other's paper and they said, I will pray for you and you pray for me. And it just was cute. And they bonded over this moment. Well, within a month, both of those ladies found their wedding rings. Oh my gosh. Is that crazy? 
It was so awesome. Yeah. Um, when they wrote in and told the story, we were like, that is the greatest story because it's such an ordinary, everyday, mm-hmm. you know, two women who've lost their wedding rings for years and then they connect at this place and and they're not the same religion, but they're both praying every single day. And just, it was just sweet. I love when things like that happen. They're just, yeah. it just was cute. That's so cool. And it just is another testament that God cares about what we care about. Even if it seems like something silly, Mm -hmm. even if it's a thing, you know, if it's important to us, then it's important to him, I believe. Yep. So that's, that is really cool. What a neat story. Okay. And my next question for you is if someone is listening to this and they're so empowered by it and they think, I want to be more like that. I want to step out of just the circles that I'm in at church. And how do I connect more with women in my community who might not be exactly like me? Where do you tell them to start? I'm sure you get this question all the time. Yeah, we do. And the Multiply Goodness Instagram is a great place to just jump in because we do a lot of training, um, but then we have the guides that are safe. And the beauty is it doesn't matter where you live because all you need is a guide and it can give you everything you need to gather your own group. And um, within those guides, we have kind of our list of like rules, the things that are going to keep you safe and how to gather a group together, but then also what you're going to study and all of those things are happening. So um, it's it's just a great way if you come on over to Instagram at Multiply Goodness. And then we run two six-week Bible studies a year, one in the spring. We're just ramping up to start. We'll start that one March 23rd. And then we'll do another one in the fall. And we do a live on Facebook at Multiply Goodness during those weeks that you can, if, you, if you're like, I don't dare to do it. I'm so nervous. I just want to watch it happen. Yeah. Um, we do a live Bible study at my house for those six weeks that you can watch how do Latter-day Saint women and Christian women interact and what does that conversation look like and how does it go? Because sometimes you just need courage. You just need to watch someone else do it. And then you're like, oh, I can do it. I could do that. Like, oh, that's not that hard. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. I love that. Those are great suggestions. And I love that you guys have made it so accessible for so many people and, you know, answered a lot of those probably frequent questions that people have about what's What's safe? What can we say? Yeah. What can we not yeah. say? And yes, um, do you have any like small tips that you can even tell someone listening to this right now? If they, f- even if they're not going to go form a Bible study, but they find themselves in a conversation with someone else. I know you said look for common ground. Is there anything else that's just like yep. a simple tip? I would tip? say look for common ground. I would say um, let love be your only motive. Just let that be your agenda entering in. If you go into the conversation wanting to love someone better, it'll make the questions easier and the conversation sweeter. Yeah. I also would say if this is something you are really interested in, invest in the other people's belief system in some way. So like a really great example of this is when Nish moved into our community mm-hmm. and she knew she was Christian and she wanted to be Christian. And that's where she went to church on Sundays, but she wanted to know how can I get involved? So like she, the very first thing she did is sign up to go to general conference. Yeah. 
And she just wanted to experience what that was like. And Mm -hmm. when there was a temple open house, she reached out to me and she was like, I want to go. I want to see what it's like. And she even earned her young womanhood medallion because she just wanted to experience that. And we can do the same thing. You know, we can go visit a Christian church, sign up for a Bible study. Um, The other thing I recommend a lot is buy a study Bible, which is what Christians love to study out of. If you Mm -hmm. are a Latter-day Saint, look on Amazon for a King James version, a KJV study Bible, because their Bibles are so awesome. At the bottom where we have footnotes, Mm -hmm. they have Bible scholars writing in um, that have written there that teach you the culture and the context and what was happening in that city and why some of the words were so important. And you just start realizing they've got great resources too, just like we do, but they also have great resources. And to familiarize yourself with those with those things and, and whether it's Christian or like um, Jewish, celebrate Hanukkah, learn about a mezuzah, put one mm-hmm. on your bedroom door or your front door or like take the time to invest in educating yourself about what other people believe and how that might sweeten your own worship. Such great advice. I love that. And I'm going to be thinking a lot about that too, how I can incorporate that into my family's traditions and what we're learning and what we're celebrating and how we're better, you know, connected with our community members here in Southern California. So, um, okay. I have one last question for you. Mm -hmm. And that is if there's one message that the girl listening to this, or we have a few men, but mostly women Mm -hmm. that are (laughs) listening to this, remember from this interview, what do you want that one message to be? Love outside the lines. That's what I would say. Learn how to love outside the lines. Go out of what is your comfort zone. Reach across borders, reach across cultures, um, reach across what otherwise might have been a divide and learn how to love someone who isn't exactly the same as you. It just will bring a richness to your life you haven't experienced before. I love that so much. And I just think... What you guys are doing is so meaningful and so amazing. So where can people find you if they want to be part of your Multiply Goodness community or follow along with your studies or what you're teaching and educating people about? Yep, that is great. So they can go to my Instagram, which is Emily Bell Freeman. Bell has an E at the end of it. Um, Or over to Multiply Goodness. And we both are talking about all these things all the time. And a lot of really fun things are just about to happen in the Multiply Goodness community. So it's a fun time to be involved and we're just ramping up for the year. So both of those places, there will be things that you can find that you maybe would love. Awesome. Thank you so much, Emily, for your time today. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox. And we'll email you every time there's a new episode.